Well, the soothing sounds of the snare drum means it is time for a gopher football edition of Minnesota Sports Chat, the 128th edition of the soon-to-be award-winning Minnesota Sports Chat. Last week was the debut of, we don't really have a name for it, we're just going gopher football-centric for 20, 25 minutes, or as we please, could be less, could be more. And by where, I mean Daniel House from GophersGuru.com. Welcome back to the soon-to-be award-winning, award-winning, if only in my own mind, Minnesota Sports Chat. Ross Brendel, it's been too long, just a week, I guess. But, you know, a lot's happened in the the Big Ten West. We got Wisconsin and Iowa both losing, Minnesota taking out Western Illinois in convincing fashion. And we we didn't miss much, uh, I guess, uh, over the last week or so. Big week. Most people would say if they go an entire week without hearing me or seeing me, that's not enough. But what I love about you is you say that it's been too long. So thank you very much. You are you are so kind to my ego. Okay, let's start with the review. Let's talk about Gophers in Western Illinois. My big takeaway, Daniel House, is that they did exactly what we talked about last week. Get your work in. Knock some guys around. Maybe boost Tanner Morgan's confidence even more, which I think they did. Finally threw a touchdown pass. I thought we were going to get through the game without him throwing a single touchdown pass in two weeks. But he found our guy Span Ford. It's hard to miss him, but yet they so seldomly find him. But I'm I'm glad it seems so far this year that he is increased in the uh, in the amount of plays, at least, that might be drawn up for him. That sounds very basketball-like, but you know what I mean. They're trying to get him involved. So I appreciated that. It was nice to see some other players get some action, but my big takeaway, Daniel House, and this is more of a James Murphy thing, and again, we'll get him back on at some point. James Murphy, of course, one-third of the former Score North Gophers show. Daniel House, Ross Brendel being the other two-thirds. Vegas always knows. Vegas always knows. The line for the game was 51.5 or 52.5 throughout the week, and the Gophers won by 52. Is there even any reason to play these games? Or Because I think Vegas is just calling the shots. Vegas messes up occasionally, but it's pretty unreal how close they are on a lot of these games. It's and creepy. It's, the thing is, is data has made it a little easier to pinpoint. And if you can refine the way that you look at the information that's out there, you can get really close sometimes. But yet again... There are so many variables that play with football where it, it's harder to, to predict, especially at, at the college level, you know. Did you have any real takeaways from the game? I mean, I, so again, I, I'm more of the sit back, relax, watch the game, take it in, and just kind of report on what I see from Section 235 or my TV. You dive in a lot deeper than I do. I'm getting better at the deep dives, but you definitely watch the game differently than I do, which I appreciate. I think trying to boost both of our own egos here, I think that's what pairs us pretty well for when we watch a game, is that we're both looking at a lot of similar things, but how we how we get to the answer, how we view it is often a little bit different. I looked at it and said, well, they they pounded an opponent into the ground that they should. What were your takeaways? What did you see from that? 
I liked seeing Minnesota come out and try a lot of different things because the only way you develop players at the highest level is to get them game action. And Kirk Sharaka mentioned this yesterday when we were talking with him. I asked him about getting Lamecki Brockington involved in a specific play design. And they installed that during the week and knew they wanted him to get that opportunity because technically it was a, a difficult play that he had to execute and they wanted to see what he could do before big 10 play started you're trying to get some uh, information points on these players in the non-conference games you're not doing that in big 10 play you want to know what type of packages you feel comfortable using and i actually was surprised i thought there was a lot more sprinkles this week on the on the ice cream sunday like the layered passing attack from run pass option to play action in the drop back game but you know, you're watching front side RPOs going to backside RPOs and they're rolling the safeties into the box and using the quick game and then taking the deep over route shot, giving that illusion of an RPO, getting the, the uh, Chris Hoppin Bell a, a speed moving away from the defense and then using Brevin Span Ford, like you mentioned, with the tight end delay. And then, you know, it kind of looks like delay, but it's really tight end leak. Uh, the defense gets confused a bit. And so building off of the concepts as the game progressed and then suiting it to the strengths of Tanner Morgan, eight different players caught a pass, which I thought was great as well. Just seeing what you have and evaluating it and pairing it up with the, the rushing attack that we know will be the bread and butter of the team in Big Ten play. What I'm also getting excited about, House, and you really hit the nail on the head in your last answer there, was just the fact that we're seeing more passing in these non-conference games. Oftentimes, it looked like the Gophers, or at least it seemed like under P.J. Fleck, they go into these non-conference games, and yeah, they're trying to get the work in, but they're largely just trying to not give away a lot and I think they're hopeful that oh well we'll just unveil this stuff in Big Ten play and everything will be fine but that maybe really hasn't been the case especially when you've played the bigger opponents the last couple years so I like that there seems to be this progression and progress towards if we want Tanner Morgan to have a big passing day against Iowa to beat Iowa at home or we want Tanner Morgan to be ready to hopefully have a very nice day against Michigan State so we can pick up a win in week one of conference play, we need to ramp him up to that. We need to get those reps in. So that's been good to see. And House, what's been really fun to see the last two weeks against Western Illinois and New Mexico State, the slant patterns that led the Gophers and the crossing routes that led them to a 10-win season, game day, great win over Penn State, huge win over Auburn, that was a huge part of it, and I'm not saying that you're going to replicate that 100% and that's going to lead you to be just as successful, but I certainly think that that helps. So that's been fun to see that back in the playbook more than it had been in the last few years. Yeah, the RPO game has been prominently featured through the first two games, and it sort of wasn't there for the past two. So having Kirk Sharaka back to really have answers for what the defense is giving you. That's been the biggest thing I've noticed while studying is if you're getting a specific wrinkle, you're able to capitalize upon it. And then if the defense maybe makes an adjustment, a subtle tweak, Kirk and even Tanner Morgan are recognizing what they need to do to respond to it because that's the biggest key to play calling. And I wrote about it this week in the breakdown is being able to use a concept early in the game and build off of it. And that just doesn't even extend into games. That's also something that you can do throughout the season where maybe you're showing some of this stuff, Ross, early in the season, the looks that we saw. 
and then tweaking it when you're playing some Big Ten opponents later in the season. They start studying up the film and maybe you make one little tweak to a specific concept and it leads to a big play. So the fact that they're showing a bit more in the non-conference games not only is good from a you know confidence perspective for players and kind of data point to see what they can do, but also the options that allow them to show something now and then build off of it. Because I see just as a someone who studies the game, a lot of different options that Minnesota can kind of roll out as the season progresses. I don't think we have witnessed even the tip of the iceberg of what the offensive scheme will look like uh, come maybe three, four weeks down the road. I mean, you got to put it all out there against Michigan State and Purdue Uh, the two upcoming Big Ten games to kick it off. Last year when the Gophers went to Boulder to take on Colorado, myself, and I don't want to just make myself out to be the only person who was wrong, I think a lot of people, I'm going to take other people with me, I think a lot of people thought that would be a very tricky game for the Gophers, and it wasn't. House off the top of my head, I believe, was the final score 30 to nothing. 30 to nothing. 30 to nothing. So you go to Boulder and you win 30 to nothing. As of today, we're recording this preview pod on September the 15th. Late in the afternoon, I'm still seeing 27 and a half points the Gophers are favored by. With all that said, should be, hopefully is, a comfortable victory for the Gophers. But with all that said, this is the most impressive, in air quotes, opponent they'll take on, better than New Mexico State, better than Western Illinois. So what will we learn about the Gophers this weekend against Colorado if they go out and do their job and win the game? What what are we going to look at, look for and what are we hoping to see against Colorado? And then with that house, tell me a little bit about Colorado. You want to see an, another efficient performance on both sides of the ball, building off of what they've done the past two games against a Power 5 opponent. And you said it best, you know, the Power 5 games that uh, – you play in Western Illinois, New Mexico State the past two games. Now you get a Power 5 opponent. Granted, it's a football team that's struggling and, and has 46 new players. Mike Sanford's the offensive coordinator, former Gophers offensive coordinator last season. Uh, the defense has been a mess. They transitioned to a 4-3 defense. They run a lot of two-high shell zone coverage because they have young corners. They're, they have four different redshirt freshmen playing in the secondary. So they're trying to protect them a little bit. I wrote today about their defensive scheme and the things that I thought they could exploit. Their tackling has been very poor. Only 15 teams in Power 5 have missed more tackles than Colorado through the first two weeks. And they've had trouble setting edges uh, and just a lot of mistakes against the run defensively. So I would expect Minnesota to be able to really come out and run the football in this game, but also try some things that allow them to go against a different type of coverage structure that they'll see You know, Iowa likes to do some things with cover, too. So there's some opportunities to do some things that might help you down the road in in the season. And like I said, you know, a lot of people are making it out. Well, you know, Colorado has all this intel on Minnesota with three staff members that used to work for the Gophers. But I view it the same way. Like Joe Rossi knows a lot of the things that Mike Sanford's going to do because he's around them all the time. And so it's overblowing, Ross, that that thing where they go, oh, you know, the former staff is on another team. It happens everywhere. There's quality control GA guys, people that have been with other people 
that you're playing against and people don't even realize it. So I think that's overblown. Yeah, well, and it's also overblown to the point where if you don't have the talent that can compete, it doesn't well, really exactly. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. And right now it would appear that Colorado is not on the same level as Minnesota when it comes to actual talent on the field. Now, again, anything can happen. Maybe Colorado wins the game on Saturday. I don't think it's likely, but it could happen. But, yeah, when people talk about that, oh, they're going to have intel on us. Well, yeah, they'll have some intel, but, again, you still need to have the talent. Also, you know, okay, so Sanford knows a bit about Joe Rossi, but Joe Rossi knows about Sanford, like you said. Exactly. And then you also have, you know, new offensive coordinator, albeit he's got a track record. You know what he wants to do, but he wasn't here last year when Mike Sanford was here. So I don't know. The scheme, the scheme is totally different. You know, that's the thing. There, there's foundational things that change. You know, the foundational stuff stays the same, but there's wrinkles that teams add. And also think about it like this. You play in Big Ten opponents all the time. They know your core defensive beliefs all the time. So it's it's not anything that's really that new, I don't think. Anybody can fire up the film and kind of get an understanding of what your defensive scheme looks like. When this home-and-home home was set, boy, I think it was probably six, seven, eight years ago, I remember being really excited but also apprehensive because at the time Colorado was pretty good. I think the Gophers weren't very good or maybe just, you know, maybe just average at the time. And I remember thinking, well, this could be fun, but it could also be back-to-back losses. You know, Colorado comes here, they're pretty good. You got to go to Colorado. That's tough. But overall, it's been beneficial for the Gophers, but I set that up to set this up. A few years from now, I believe it's a home-and-home. Maybe it's split up by a year. I can't remember. The Gophers will go to Starkville and take on Mississippi State, which I think could be a ton of fun because that'll have uh, Mike Leach involved, hopefully. That could be a ton of fun. I know House will love that week for GophersGuru.com. Oh, man. That is a week. I... I have no problem if you're going to continue. If we're going to continue in this world of three non-conference games, I have no problem scheduling two teams that you know. It's an also-ran, right? You know you should win the game. Now, again, this Colorado game has kind of turned into a game that I think everybody feels like they should win and they hopefully win comfortably. But I'm okay putting one team like this on your non-conference schedule every year, and I would ideally like it in the second or third game. Yeah, well, look at how scheduling will change with the 12-team playoff coming. You might see teams being a little more aggressive with who they schedule because you can maybe afford a loss uh, early in the season against a quality opponent because the field has expanded. The margin for error isn't as tight as it is right now to get into the college football playoffs. So scheduling over the next few years is fascinating, especially with conference realignment going on. The, the TV partners want to see games that are attractive. And if you can schedule those early on in the season, it's good for everyone and good for the brand of college football to have those quality games on. But also you want to make sure that you're taking care of those FCS teams by providing them the financial resources that they get from those games. So it's finding that balance. But we're in a world where scheduling will look so different uh, upcoming here. How's, how does the game on Saturday if we're inside of six eight minutes and it's a it's a game where Colorado could in theory win it or they're still in the game they got their puncher's chance if that happens where we're into the fourth quarter and Colorado's in it what has went wrong I'll be uh, I'm presenting a doomsday scenario but you know humor me I would be absolutely stunned 
That's what I'd say. Just just because of the way Colorado uh, runs their offense, just the schematic stuff that I saw, and then defensively not being able to stop the run. I mean, they're bottom six team in rush defense EPA. I'm not taking much stock in the Air Force game just because of triple option, the weather was bad. But just looking at the TCU matchup and the inability that they had to stop the run. I mean, opponent rushing success rate at 57%, which is just wild how successful uh, TCU was. So Minnesota gets them moving sideline to sideline with outside zone. They have a ton of problems with uh, edge sets and discipline, especially at the linebackers. So I look at this matchup and I, I just see a lopsided matchup on paper. Like I don't even see a scenario where this game is particularly close, but you just, you never know. As we start to look around the Big Ten, one thing to uh, talk about is that the frost warning has indeed expired in Lincoln, Nebraska. Surprised at all? Not surprised? Thought they should have waited? Thought they should have pulled the plug in the offseason? Your thoughts? I, I was very surprised that they didn't wait until the buyout went down, but I think that tells you how bad things were in Lincoln behind the scenes. Like, we saw what happened on the field, but to reach that point, there are things that aren't going right. There are things, the program is, is having issues. Are people not responding to the head coach? Are there issues with the coaching staff not being able to express their ideas freely? Is Mark Whipple really able to run the type of offensive system that he wants? But when you watch Nebraska play, you see them get dominated up front on both sides of the ball. Like they are so far behind other Big Ten programs, you look at like Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota being able to run the football up front, control the line of scrimmage. Nebraska is just getting blown off the ball against Georgia Southern, and they can't pass protect. They're not running the ball. Like th- they have to hire a coach now that's that's going to set the tone and bring some physicality in. I could see Lance Leopold being the guy that ends up as the head coach there, but maybe they make a big run at some huge name. They try to go after Matt Campbell, but like Chadwell at Coastal Carolina and Leopold with Kansas, those are the two names that I could see emerging eventually when Nebraska makes this hire. You know, Nebraska sits in a bit of an urban setting. Could be a nice soft landing spot for Urban Meyer. I will not stomp on Scott Frost's grave until the Gophers get through that game at Lincoln because I've... Again, doom and gloom guy. I, for literally since last year, have thought the Gophers would go to Lincoln and lose because Nebraska's due to beat Minnesota. They barely have the last half a decade. And there's typically a game each year where most college football teams lose them that you don't expect them to lose nor want them to lose. And I've had that Nebraska game circled. And I was living in fear all year long that Frost would either save his job by beating the Gophers or he would be fired the week leading up to the Gophers game, and then you would get the inspired team. So I'm going to let this play out for a month to see how I still feel about it, but I like what you just said, that Nebraska gets dominated up front because I think that suits well for the Gophers when they take on Nebraska the first weekend in November. Also, I will be there, so it would be nice to see the Gophers win a road game. Every time I travel and watch them, they lose outside of the state of Illinois. Well, Ross, we'll see if you can break the break the losing streak this year. I, I like your chances, and I'd say I want to see how Nebraska responds after Frost is gone. Do they show a, a little bit of inspiration? 
Are there schematic differences that we can see potentially on either side of the ball? Like anytime you make a move like this, especially early in the season, you feel like the AD is trying to spark something and maybe evaluate Mickey Joseph to see what he can do. I, I'm, I'm kind of interested in that too, to, to see how the team comes together uh, under new leadership. I'm also prepared for this comment to come back and haunt me. But yeah. why is why is Graham Mertz not any good? I I lived in when I found out he was going there. I was fearful. I'm like, oh great, they they've done all this without ever really having great quarterbacking play. Now in theory, they have a great quarterback. And he's just not very good, or whatever they're doing is preventing him from being very good. The recipe is you bottle up Braylon Allen, you stop the run, you get. Mertz into long down and distances. You send a lot of packages. You push the pocket, and then the mechanics go out the window, and the accuracy goes down. And then a couple mistakes are potentially made. You just look at they weren't able to do anything in the second half against Washington State, and so that's kind of been the recipe to slow in Wisconsin. They haven't been able to find that dynamic quarterback. And now I look ahead and I go. You know that Iowa and Wisconsin are going to get better over the course of the season. I think people need to relax a bit because I know everyone's all, uh, you know, the hysteria is all Wisconsin and Iowa losing early in the season. Whoa, like they will get better over the course of the season. There's no question about that. So what they look like now is not what it, what they'll look like in October. I do think that, they, you know, they might not be as strong as they've been in the past, but I do know that they'll get better. Both programs historically do, and I said last week talking with you, I'm not so worried about Iowa. I think Iowa will still find their way to win seven to nine games because they play great defense and they have good special teams, and they'll figure out enough to be functional on offense. And I'm not super worried about Wisconsin, the same thing you just said. Are they as good as they have been? No, probably not. Are they still going to be pretty good because they're still doing the basics of Wisconsin football? But, I mean, Jimmy Leonard, you got Phil Parker. You know the defense will step up over the – I mean, it's not been a defensive problem. It's an offensive problem for both programs. I despised Jim Leonard as the player, and I despise him even more as their defensive coordinator. And largely I despise him because he's good. He was a good player, and he's a good defensive coordinator. And that bugs me. I just want – I want them to be awful, and with him being there, I I think that that prevents them from being awful. Okay, looking around the Big Ten, there's a few games this weekend that are interesting. You mentioned Nebraska. Oklahoma's at Nebraska. That could be interesting just to see how Nebraska responds, and can they even keep it a game. You have Penn State at Auburn. That could be fun. Michigan State at Washington. And then you were telling me off air. Oh, by the way, Purdue's at Syracuse. That maybe could be plucky. That, that you were be a good game. You were telling me off air before I hit record on this pod. You think Western Kentucky can go to Bloomington and beat Indiana? Yeah, if you're betting on college football, I definitely uh, be running at this one with Western Kentucky being a six and a half point underdog. I, I, I Murph will be proud that I have selected my pick for this week for anyone that's out there betting western kentucky is is a team you want to get behind because i don't like that matchup for indiana do you have any money on the line i do not i do not have any money on the line i will fully admit last saturday afternoon i texted our buddy murph and said put ten dollars down on the rainbow warriors tonight there's no way no way michigan can beat anybody by 52 and they almost oh, did. 
Oh man! But they he, didn't. He was, he, was texting, he was texting me the other night, uh, showing me his uh, betting lineup and his Tom Brady inspired betting lineup uh, for Sunday Night Football. I I worry about the man. I'm worried he's gonna have to move in with me one day. But we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Okay, let's close. Let's close the pod out this way, unless we already got there. You told me you had a bold take you wanted to surprise me with. What is your bold take? Here it is. You ready? The Gophers will score a special teams touchdown against Colorado. Oh, I don't I don't dislike that bold take. I was hoping, didn't we talk about this last week? I was hoping for a special teams or defensive touchdown against Western Illinois. I'm feeling a special teams okay. touchdown in some way. I don't care what it is, whether it's a punt return touchdown. Blocked punt, punt or blocked something. field I, goal. I feel like it will be in the punt variety, though. That's my call. Just watching how they did things, special teams-wise, I'm feeling a special team score. We'll see if, if I'm accurate or not. Probably not going to be a kick return for a touchdown because the Gophers just don't bring many kicks out. They did bring a couple out last week, at least one that I remember. Yeah, they wanted to try some things, but I love that strategy because of the field position, and yeah, I know we've talked about that before, but I, I like that. I know a lot of people don't like that strategy, but it is the way to play special teams. I don't dislike it either, but I'm also not beyond every now and then if you think you see something or can exploit something. I'm not beyond returning the ball at all you just have to look at it from a situational perspective like what are the matchups do i need a score do i feel like i can score against this team due to some schematic advantage then then you go for it but if not and you feel like it's a just another game where everybody's kind of average then take the field position because it does matter i think maya i'll I'll hop in on the bold take here and i hope i'm wrong maybe 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 i am wrong probably will be wrong if you listen to this podcast long enough, you know I'm just a bumbling idiot, and I'm wrong more than I'm right. The Gophers will win comfortably. If you asked me to place money on will they win by 27 and a half or more, I don't know if I would do that. Okay. I don't know if I would do that, but they'll still win comfortably. I would do that. I'm, I'm betting on Joe Rossi's defense. Okay. I, I, I'm feeling a couple. I, I could see a couple takeaways, maybe one for a score. Like, I think... Um, that math gets easier if they get that special teams touchdown. Yeah, you get a defensive or a special team score, and then, hey, you're talking about a totally different different tone, you know? House, why don't you tell all the good people what they'll find at gophersguru.com and why they need to be checking it out? Lots of breakdowns. This week spent time looking at the Gophers passing attack. We touched on some of it in here, but you can get an in-depth look at how Minnesota approached the passing game against Western Illinois. And then I also did... Uh, the weekly chalk talk piece, which includes insight from the coordinators where went into detail on pass rush, uh, talked with Kirk Shiraka about player development, and then also dove into some of the matchups that you should watch for against Colorado. So you can go back in $5 a month, get you access to the whole premium archive. So you can go in and check out scheme breakdowns and get a better feel and understanding for how Minnesota does things. And also learn how certain variables in the game that you watch, like yards after the catch or certain things, contribute to success. So head over to the website for a little bit of a different approach. One more quick note on the way out the door for people who haven't seen it. We do have a first kick time for Gophers at Michigan State in East Lansing. The game will kick off house at a dentist's favorite time. Tooth hurdy. 
2.30 Saturday start time for Gophers wow. in Michigan State. I love that it took, I can see you, I love that it took a few seconds for the joke to land and you literally rolled your eyes, which is I, I means, was like, means the joke's that dang good. It's that dang good. It's that dang good. Thank you, Daniel. Appreciate it. Always fun talking with you. Find Daniel House on the Twitter machine at Daniel House NFL and at GophersGuru.com. We'll be back again next week to preview Gophers in Michigan State.